Iowa everywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Gentle Seed Studios, Nick Osen and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios, joined by Nick Osen up in Madison. Aiden Wyatt producing. I'm Jake Brand with Local 5 Sports. Got a good show for you today. Osen, how was uh, your trip back to Iowa on Saturday? You know, getting back to that great state, Jake, was awesome. But I got to say, man, Iowa and those Hawkeyes, every time I'm covering a game with them, they seem to come out with the victory, whether it was basketball here, basketball my last season at Iowa State, the last Cyhawk game I did. So I'm not great luck for the teams that I cover when they face the Hawkeyes. But overall, cool to be back. You know, obviously saw some media that that I know and enjoy. Got some good food along the way. It was it was good. Overall, a good experience. So I actually made my way briefly uh, back by the Des Moines area, just surprised a friend um, with kind of a meal. So I hit up Iowa Taproom. Oh, that place Which is, awesome. is one of my favorite restaurants anywhere. I think I've had it about 18, 19 times. Oh I always God. go with the peanut butter burger there. So great. They do a great job. Yeah, that, that's a good. That's a good restaurant spot today. We're going to talk Houston, a really good game down there in Texas. Going to touch on Nate Shieldhouse leaving. Going to talk about the huge stretch that the Iowa State women have coming up and need to go three and four or three out of four, I should say. Mm-hmm. Some Big 12 chaos, and then the jury's mostly out on West Virginia, but we'll talk a little bit of Mountaineers towards the end of the show. Before we get into anything, Houston, we're going to start out with this new promo with Barry Manilow. So <laughs> here's how you do it. Email win, W-I-N, at iowaeverywhere.com and tell us why you'd love to connect with your mother at Manilow's August 1st show at the Iowa Event Center. The winner will receive round-trip airfare and a hotel for the grand prize, and then four other lucky winners get a pair of tickets. Aiden, I'm guessing the grand prize winner also gets a pair of tickets, or is it 
something more yes. along with uh, yeah, the airfare, airfare, hotel, and pair tickets. tickets yep. awesome. That's that's quite the winner right there. So it's a lot of value. Again, yeah. Email why you'd love to connect with your mother at the show. Email that to win w i n at Iowa Everywhere Thanks for Iowa Event Center for sponsoring everything on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa State falls at Houston. They lose by eight, but they do cover. Yeah. Which hasn't happened much down there in Houston. I left feeling better about Iowa State even after a loss because there was probably two times in the first half, two separate times in the second half that I said to myself, sent a couple texts, yep, Iowa State's going to lose this one by 20. Still, every time... Every time they got wobbled, they punched right back. And they were never necessarily in the game with the chance to win it, but they were never really out of the game. And they didn't play well enough to win the game. They turned the ball over too much, didn't turn Houston over enough, and then you add in a couple missed bunnies, missed free throws down the stretch. You're not going to win that game. But I was still just so encouraged by the fact that they never really played well enough to have a realistic shot. But the fact that they were never out of the game is just a testament to how tough the team is, how great the coaching staff is, and just, I mean, what this team can do in a month. Yeah, Jake, I think it's really tough to disagree with you. I think first off, kind of that sentiment about feeling better about Iowa state. I got the sense that that's kind of how a lot of people nationally felt. Now, whether that is because of Iowa state's performance or because maybe some of those guys hadn't seen the Cyclones play as much, you know, and just kind of saw the ranking either way. I think it's super fair. And and one point, I know we've got a bunch of points on this game, but one that I want to hit on right away, I will again, go back to Seth Greenberg, like a month, month and a half ago talking about the toughness of this Iowa State team, this roster, unit, staff. And I think that you hit it on the head, he hit it on the head, and, and that was my biggest point. Not Greenberg saying Kansas is the most complete team in the Big 12? No, not not that one. But the mental toughness of this team, like you're exactly right. You know, I missed the first few minutes of the game doing some work stuff, but I can think of one run you're talking about with, I think, it was like three or four minutes left in the first half. And then certainly uh, the run, I think there were like six, six and a half minutes left when Iowa State got down, I think 11. And then Gilbert and Jones, quick threes back to back with a stop sandwiched in between. All of a sudden it's a five point game going into a timeout. I think that just speaks to, like I said, the toughness, the togetherness. And these guys, they're not, you know, cocky, overconfident, anything like that but they go into these games. You could see it. I even saw it in TJ's face uh, in the, the post-game kind of presser with the great John Walters. Like the obvious disappointment because they go into these games really believing and trusting that that they can and should win just about every game. So I agree with you there. And this didn't change my opinion either. On the other side, I've said this for weeks, even when they were ranked three, four, five, I think Houston is the best team in the country. Agreed. And I think they have the highest floor 
I think that was really well exemplified. They couldn't have set us up better this week with Purdue and then UConn getting smacked last night. Yeah, Houston, I mean, they still have a tough game on Saturday. They got to go to Waco, so we could very well see the number one, two, and three teams in the AP Top 25. I guess Purdue hasn't lost yet. They lost last week, but either yeah, way. Yeah, but still calendar week, yep. Yeah, either way. Talking Houston, I think Jamal Shedd is the best and most important player in the country. I made this point on Twitter. 26 points, 6 assists, 3 steals, just 2 turnovers. And the box score doesn't really do it justice. There was the stretch when Iowa State cut it to 4 with about 8 minutes to go, I believe. No, maybe it was 11 minutes to go. Shed scored the next seven. And all of them were backbreaker shots. There was the crossover three that he probably pushed off ellipsy. There was the layup, and then there was a pull-up jumper. Those shots won them the game. That was kind of the swing point where, similar to what we saw in Ames, Houston fights back. Iowa State has just a little bit more of that second win, this time it was flipped. Iowa State battles back, but they spent so much energy battling back that Houston wins it on that on that second win. And then on the other end, Shad, along with, of course, Sharp and Cryer and others, held Tame and Lipsy to just four points on one of eight shooting, four assists in six turnovers. You can you can analyze games all you want start to finish but sometimes talking about a game is just as simple as whose best player was better and Jamal Shedd was no doubt better on Monday night and you can take Zach Eadie you can, but when you're the best player on the best team in the country on the best team in the best league in the country in my opinion that makes you the best player in the country. And we saw that firsthand on Monday night. couple of spots I kind of want to go with it. I guess first, just a quick question. If the season ended today, regular season, would he be your national player of the year then? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I know that we're looking pretty smart because we said a couple of weeks back, actually, I think even longer than that, but he was our conference player of the year. That was nothing crazy, but I, I know it's one that we Now that's had. not debatable, I don't. Right. I mean, they'd have to go like 0-4, yeah. basically, for, for there to even be a conversation. I'm not sure if I would have him as the best, but I think he is absolutely the most important player to his team in the country, Jake. I totally agree with you. And it's not often that, you know, after a long day work, sports, whatever that looks like, I'm watching the post-game sports center, but... I think Scott Van Pelt does a great job and he had Calvin Sampson on. And it was actually really interesting to hear some of his thoughts about Jamal Shedd, basically like an extension of the coaching staff just does everything you need to do. And what stands out most to me that of course I knew about, but I didn't get the chance to see it up close and personal as much the last couple of years. Like you mentioned with Lipsy, the way he can defend, and nearly take somebody out of a game while still being the leading scorer, leading assist man, barely turn the ball over, 
it's honestly really impressive. And it'll be interesting to see a guy at his size, his age, kind of what his pro future looks like. But right now, I think that exactly right. He was really impressive in one of the best games of the year. I also want to give credit, even in the loss, to Trey King, our guy and somebody that that showed some love really to us good. last week. Uh, Clones Jer, Iowa Every Jer, I believe, uh, had a really good tweet. I didn't copy it over, but I, I looked at it, kind of pointing out some of the inconsistencies with some of Trey's scoring. But in these massive games, like a Houston, like a Kansas, I know there was another one, he's made the opponents pay from deep. And I think that shows he's really ready for these moments. He's taken a nice step along with many guys in the rotation. And, you know, like we've said about a Milan or Lipsy in other games, you wonder what that game looks like if Trey isn't balling like he did. I don't have the stat off the top of my head either, but I believe what Jer tweeted it was that half of Kings threes this year have come in three games, and it was both Houston games and the KU game. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw, which they've needed every single one of those threes, especially that first game against Houston. They probably don't win unless he hits that early three. And yeah, he was, he was unbelievable on Monday, not only in the perimeter, but his rebound numbers might not have showed it, but him, and Jones, especially their effort on the glass to out rebound Houston. Yeah. And you see that and you think, oh, it must be a mirage because Houston must have taken like 15, 20 more shots. No, it was almost dead even. So that that's, I guess, the sword that has two edges on it, where Iowa State out rebounds Houston. You beat them at your strength and you still lose. Granted, it's on the road. But you can, again, see that reason they lost. They didn't turn Houston over enough. I would love to see this game on a neutral floor. Hopefully not in the Big 12 tournament. Um, I'm kind of of the belief that it's just going to be best to lose in the Big 12 tournament. Maybe win one game, but I don't think you want to go three days of TCU, then Kansas, then Houston before you've got March Madness five days away. I think you'd be better off not going through an MMA fight for 40 minutes like on Monday night. I I know the competitor inside of you will never think of that. That's just me from a distance. But if that game is played between Houston and Iowa State 10 times, I think Iowa State's winning four of them. Like, I... I I think they're that close to who we both think is the best team in the country. And that I think is the biggest testament to this Iowa state team. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I love so much about that matchup, these two teams are similar in terms of like how they want to actually find success through defense rebounding, like you mentioned. And Jake, a lot of these guys are old. Like they're older than you. They're almost my age. Like in terms of that specific matchup, you've got fourth, fifth year guys really all over the court. And I think that's a lot of fun. I think it is a cool positive in kind of some of the changes that we've seen in college hoops. Uh, this player that I'm about to mention is not necessarily that older experienced, I believe a third year, but got to give credit to Kashawn Gilbert. 
I mean, I, I think I've used this term throughout the year, but he's a gamer, man. And, and I think it's just a perfect fit, especially when I don't know if Lipsy is maybe still in some pain or, you know, potentially just a really tough matchup. I, I know I've seen some tweets and things uh, like that from fans, but Gilbert, he is not, I'm not sure he's been better than I thought because I thought he'd be really good, but he's been a better fit than I really figured he could creating for himself, others at times. I think Curtis Jones, like you mentioned last week, has really kind of gotten into that good role. So I think the team is in a really good spot. I, I think that this game went about as I expected. And now, as I know we'll touch on here in a little bit, I'm just curious how they finish out the year and how the top of those standings really shake out. Yeah, I think the good news, if you're Iowa State, is every goal you have is still out there, whether you're talking Big 12 or NCAA short-term, long-term. When talking and factoring in Big 12 title odds, title chances, you were always factoring this game in as a loss. So you're still par for the course. Of course, a win would have gone a really long ways, and a win would probably be the only, not the only, the most likely scenario to actually win the league outright. But the path to share the title is definitely still there because the Cyclones are going to be favored in every game the rest of the season. And that's it's kind of crazy to think about. Their closest spread will probably be at K-State, that's probably, and with how they're looking since they came to Ames, that could be Iowa State favored by three and a half, four. So not to put pressure on them, but they can win every game. And Houston could very well lose at Baylor on Saturday. That's probably their most likely loss. So if, if all that plays out, you could... You could very easily gain a share of the Big 12. And then the NCAA, you saw what you can do against. We can call them the best team in the country, but to be safe, you saw what you can do against a one seed on their floor. And that is a puncher's chance. You go to a neutral site, you take out, you take out five points, a home court advantage. We saw two different games there that game on a neutral floor would be close. So you know you can do it with the best and you can beat any single team in the country and all those goals are still out there and that uh, I know some Iowa State fans that gets them excited, but most of them are starting to strap up their nut cups because it's, it's coming, guys. March is coming and I personally felt like those butterflies on Monday because it felt like an Elite Eight game. I was so nervous before the game. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man, if I'm ready for March. it's I'm ready, but I don't know if I'm ready, if you feel me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I miss that sentiment from Iowa State fans. I mean, even people here know how much love I've got for that place, and it's just a different type of fan base. You know, a lot of things kind of ride on the success of the Cyclones, which I love about them. I, for those that are just, you know, listening and not watching the video, I had a big smile on my face about a minute ago 
when Jake was talking about the rest of Houston's schedule because this is rare. I actually get to watch this Houston Baylor game on Saturday. I think that again could be a great game. Badgers have a week off in terms of games right now. Um, so I'm going to enjoy that one. What do you think is going to be before we maybe move on? What do you think is going to be the spread for that game? Cause I'm actually really curious. I've got a thought, but I, I want you to hit it on first. Without looking at Ken Palm, which is yeah. usually within a point or two, the top of my head, I'll say Baylor by two and a half. Mm. Okay. But let me pull up Ken Palm. What, what do you think? Do you have to? So obviously I use Ken Palm, but I never look at the game picks. Do you have to pay for those or does that just come on? Yeah, the site? it's, it's okay. a premium subscription. I thought so. And, you know, we're we're budgeting. We're saving for a ring over here. So, <laughs> yeah, you're you're saving for some March Madness travel. All right. So, oh, wow. Ken Palm would have Houston favored by three. OK, All right, so I, I didn't get the chance to say it. That was my fault, I guess. But. Honest, uh, honestly, my pick was Houston minus one and a half. I, okay. I think Baylor is awesome. You know, I've Easy thought for that you to say now. Yeah, oh, right. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> since since August, um, I, I think that they have even more reason for a win after I believe a yeah a close loss uh, last night Tuesday uh, to BYU. But I just from what I saw and the way Houston can just take guys out of a game, man. I, I think I would still lean on Houston. I know that, you know, there's a chance Baylor wins, and obviously Iowa State fans are probably hoping for that. But I would still stick with Houston. I can't wait to be watching that. And maybe I'll get some some texts in the group chat from you then. I know you sent just a couple on Monday night. <laughs> I don't even remember what they were, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you were blacked probably, out. Blacked out with anxiety. Best. Yeah, that's probably for the best. I w- yeah, I was at work, so not – not like blacked out off the of steep. No, urban, but not that type. Yeah, anxiety blacked out. So let me just take you through the rest of Houston's schedule. So it's at Baylor, Cincinnati at home, back-to-back trips on the road at OU, at Central Florida, and then they finish the season with the Jayhawks at home. And as Brent Bloom has touched on over on Cyclone Fanatic a lot, Iowa State's going to be competing with Baylor for a two seed. So Saturday could be a split as far as, I guess, where Iowa State's alliances fall. Because one, you do want to win the league. But Houston going in there and boat racing Baylor would be good for Iowa State's tournament hopes. So if you're an Iowa State fan, you probably hope Baylor wins. But if you don't, you hope that Houston just goes in there and beats them by 20 and not on a last second shot. That's that's where I feel like would be the best case scenario for Iowa State. Man, anything else? Bit, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, no, I think it was going to be similar thoughts to you, man, when you said anything else. Just normally, you know, especially a, a day or two later, uh, maybe we wouldn't spend that much time on a breakdown, but I felt that game deserved it. And I really liked, you know, kind of the depth that we took that while also hitting on some big 12. I look forward to watching that one and seeing how this unfolds. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be very glued to that game. 11 a.m. on Saturday. CBS too. CBS. Yeah. Such good production quality. It's amazing. Good Good company. Big 12 basketball. All right. (laughs) Uh, Let's thank our friends at Heartland flags and gifts. Maybe. 
maybe you could just order a flag ahead of Saturday. If you're an Iowa State fan that wants Baylor to win, order yourself a Baylor flag and then fly it high and proud on Saturday. And the next time Iowa State plays them, you can just burn that flag. And then that way you're showing your alliances, but you're also helping out our friends at Heartland Flags and Gifts in store at 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines or online at heartlandflags.com. They probably wouldn't advise you to burn the flags, but no, no. I mean, if you're going to burn a flag, at least give the money to Heartland Flags to do it and just go and keep buying flags, buying flags, buying flags. But I'll, I'll need to Wyatt, get help me out here. He's getting off the rails. <laughs> is it Aiden? Is, is it a bad thing? If you go to Heartland flags and you buy a flag of a team you don't like, but you're giving our friend, our sponsor some money and then you burn it. Is there anything wrong with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not burn Kevin's flags. Even if it's a Baylor flag, <laughs> those are some high quality flags, man. I, I don't even know. Well, if I burn. know they're high quality. I don't know if they'll burn. So it's some not, football news this week. <laughs> it's not about the flag; it's about the logo on the flag. They got the highest quality flags in the world. Go down to our friends at Heartland Flags and Gifts. Maybe buy a Rams flag. Following Nate Shieldhouse over there to L.A. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, let's say news I did not see coming on Monday afternoon. I had to click on, I think it was Pete Thamel Adam one of, one of the big time journalists. I had to click on their name and make sure that it was a real account. Cause I thought I might've been hoodwinked, but anyways, Nate Shieldhouse off to the Rams as the past game specialist and offensive analyst. I feel like this goes without saying, but what does this mean for Iowa State? Yeah, I, I guess we'll start there. Um, you know, I, I get Schefter's, some of his notifications sent to my phone just because of Bears news. So it was Adam Schefter. I remember right when I saw Iowa State, no inside info on this, obviously. I just, I remember right when I saw Iowa State, I knew where that was going. I, he, okay, Coach Shieldhouse got, you know, he interviewed for, something with the Eagles, I believe it was Eagles OC last year. And it's no surprise how highly many of us think of him and his capabilities. Obviously he had a heck of a first year with QB development and the OC for the Cyclones. Now, if we're starting with Iowa State, I think it's surprising, uh, specifically 
kind of the timing on this as as we're I mean, as you all are listening, we're basically a week from March. So it, it's late. Spring balls around the corner. And I'm just curious. Basically, if if Coach Matt Campbell goes with like an external hire for this position or because of the timing, if he were to like promote a coach from within and then just bring in like a position coach. Obviously, I'm locked in on the Badgers up here, so it's not something I'm looking at for work these days. But it's a really interesting question. And I'm curious to see how it happens again, because I think there's a way that I would maybe go if I were Matt Campbell in this spot, in this timing. But I mean, that's not just like a little bit, you know, a little role or or a little assistant that you are kind of taking over for. I mean, that is a massive, I, I can tell you, obviously I used to talk with recruits all the time. Coach Shiaz's role on and off the field, that is, that's pretty big. I mean, I'm not, you know, setting off the panic alarms or anything like that, but I do think that anybody that, you know, is maybe diminishing that I, I think is really unfair and probably not honest uh, because of what he did again as OC and just knowing what people think of him as a recruiter and a trusted coach in several areas in the Midwest. Yeah, it's no doubt a hit. It would have been a it would have been a hit to the program if it happened mid-December, just like it is at the end of February. It's probably more of a hit now because you don't have time. I guess you do have time to fill it. You don't have as much time to fill that role, whether it's internal or external. I guess the silver lining is let's say he did take this job December 10th while the portal is still open. Who knows if Iowa State's able to keep all those guys. So that that is where you can spin it in a bit of a positive way. I think the other positive is this was probably going to happen no matter what anyways, whether it was this season, next season, couple years. And that says so much more just about the talent of Nate Shieldhouse. Nothing about his his loyalty. He'd been super loyal to Ames. Ames. He'd yeah. been there six seasons. And it, I think they had a budding star on their coaching staff. So that, those are all good things, but yeah, you'd, you entered the 2024 season, you'd rather have him on your staff. You'd rather have him calling plays. And there's, yeah. there's no way around that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see who fills that void, whether they bring in someone external, someone with a prior Campbell connection, an Ohio connection, or if they just promote within or maybe do what they did in 2018 where they just didn't have an offensive coordinator and it was kind of a by committee type situation when Tom Manning left for the Colts mm. to go be their tight ends coach. So there's a lot of different ways this could, this could go and this is all total speculation and we we won't know for I'm guessing a week, maybe two weeks. I, I'd guess that void would be filled by then because like you said, spring football is coming up. Simply guessing, man, I, I would bet maybe we know for sure by our next show. I mean, I actually could see that. Happening. I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, just in terms of Shieldhouse, I mean, you know, 
like obviously full-time beat reporter there. Like you go to interviews, you, you speak with the coaches a little bit. Was really always impressed with, you know, obviously his knowledge of the game, but again, recruiting, how he handled things. I think you made a great point with the loyalty. And yeah, I'm not surprised, you know, that he's going somewhere else. I, I don't know if I would have guessed it would have been an NFL spot uh, already just because I did get the sense, again, speaking with recruits that he really loved the college game, but like you are seeing similar moves like this in terms of either different roles moving in, into college or like smaller roles at the NFL level. But I think this is a way to, yeah, jumpstart a potential head coaching role. Plus, I mean, you are working in LA, living in LA and learning from Sean McVay. I think that that is really, really notable. I, I think that okay. a lot of times it's the best offensive mind. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that a lot of, you know, coaches can be overhyped. I do not think he is one of them. So I think that's only going to add to uh, Shieldhouse's respective arsenal that he already has in terms of great offensive development. And it'll be interesting to see uh, for a team that I know many think could make the playoffs next year. Yeah, the NFL, probably more so than any other sport, or maybe just football in general, the coaching tree that starts its roots way down and goes so high up in those sports is so vast and so wide. Like your odds of getting a job being in the Sean McVay coaching tree, as opposed to say the Mike McCarthy coaching tree. Like it just blind resume. You put these guys up against each other. No name. Like, oh, Sean McVay guy, I want him as my head coach. And that's fair or not, that's how it works. So Shieldhouse already putting him himself in an inside track to potentially be an NFL offensive coordinator, a high major college football head coach, an NFL head coach. All of that now is on the table. It probably already was on the table before this, but... I feel like that speeds up the process to happen within the next five, 10 years. And that in itself is a very good move for Shieldhouse. And who knows? Uh, a decade ago, TJ Altzelberger left the Fred Hoiberg staff. He went to go be an assistant at Washington. Then he came back to be an assistant under Steve Prohm, took a head coaching job, SDSU, UNLV. Now he's back in Ames. Doesn't sound like from everything I've heard, from everything that Chris Williams has reported, it doesn't sound like this is a burnt bridge or anything like this. It, it just sounds like an opportunity that was too good to pass up. So we could see Nate Shieldhouse in Ames again in 10, 15 years, and that's all just total speculation. But this isn't an all bad thing for Iowa State, I guess is my point. No, I, I don't think – I think the only, like I said, negative is just the fact you're losing his capabilities on and off the field. But, no, in terms of, like, outside view and things like that, I, I actually think things like this are are good when, you know, other spots, specifically NFL-type programs and organizations, 
think this highly of, of people on staff. I think of like, I think it was last year, Sal Macaponi, DC at North yep. Texas, like leveling up like that. So I, I think that, yeah, that stuff matters and definitely don't think it's all bad. I'm just, you know, like the big 12 standings, I'm just curious to see how this plays out and what is kind of decided with coach Matt Campbell and the Cyclones going forward. Yep. It's healthy. It's healthy. If you're having coaches leave for better opportunities and that's, that's football. We are here in the channel seed studios, not sipping on steeple Ridge bourbon this early in the morning. Maybe tonight though, as watching some college basketball, watching Patrick Kane play against Connor Bedard, man, that's going to be weird for me. Anyways, steeple Ridge bourbon, Aged, distilled, and bottled in Erling, Iowa by Lonely Oak Distillery. Get yourself a nice bottle of smooth and strong Steeple Ridge bourbon. A huge stretch for the Iowa State women tonight. They're at Houston. I feel like that game will be a little bit easier than the men had on Monday. Houston's not great. And then on Saturday, they play BYU at home, a team they already beat out in Provo. Charlie Cream's latest bracketology on ESPN has Iowa State as the last buy, which is important to note. This is the first year of playing games in the women's tournament. So if we're talking a year ago, Iowa State is the last team in. Right now, they've got a little bit of a cushion, but not much. You can't really afford anything more than a loss at Kansas State these final four games and then a win down in Kansas city certainly wouldn't hurt their chances. I guess the way I view this, it's all gravy. <laughs> I w w the team that we saw early in the season saw a lot of talent in that win over Butler. And then they had that rough stretch over and I believe it was Vegas and then Nashville like, all right, just kind of develop for the future. Then they gave Iowa a run and then they started five and oh, and you thought just how high the ceiling could be kind of regressed to the mean, hit a freshman wall. And here they are with the chain destiny to make the NCAA tournament pretty much just beat the three newcomers and you're probably in. And that's, that's a pretty good spot for this, this program in year one of this new era yeah it's hard to you know really disagree with any of that jake I, I think that two very very winnable games this week like you kind of touched on with houston and then byu i personally do think they end up making it i think you know a win in kc would be kind of a cherry on top but i think that that's a really fair bracketology right now from charlie and i'm gonna say that the cyclones end up making it and even potentially winning a game in the tournament. I think there'll be a 10 seed. If gun to my head, make a prediction. I'm going 10 seed, which again, year one, all these freshmen, you've seen how much Audie Crooks, Addie Brown have developed. You've seen what Kelsey Jones, Jalen Bristow, Ariana Jackson, you see what they bring to the table. That's, the success of the season, making a tournament, winning a game in the tournament, winning a couple games in Kansas city. 
that's the cherry on top, I think, in that those high-pressure games, those big-stage games will just be nothing but great news for the future of this program because this, if this core stays together three, four years, this core will have the chance to play in an Elite Eight. So get those big games under your belt now. Maybe steal a couple, but if not, you learn in that moment. You learn on the big stage, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, though, if they stick together, you're talking about a potential Big 12 championship type totally. team. In Maybe three, next- two, I was just going to say, yeah. beat me to my punch, man. Three years, two years, or even maybe next year. I, I totally agree with that staff, the development, and kind of the talent that you're already seeing uh, shine through. I, I think the future is very bright. I'm still going to say that they make it. And kind of a lot to discuss, like you mentioned, for women's hoops as well as just general Big 12 hoops as we inch closer to March. Yeah, we're, we're not going to have time to touch on every team today as much as I'd like to. There's a couple really good games last night. BYU taking down Baylor. Texas Tech prevailing over a TCU kind of collapsed. They were up 10 pretty late in that game. Tech came back to win it. I just want to ask this question, and this is what we'll touch on for the Big 12 today. So take out Iowa State, take out Houston, take out Baylor, take out Kansas. Of the remaining teams in the Big 12, if I handed you a $100 bill to go put in your DRF Iowa account, and you have to pick another Big 12 team to make the Sweet 16. Who are you picking? If that 100's coming from you, man, I'm pocketing it. But if I've got to make the play... Put put in, in a Roth IRA? <laughs> uh, that's um, not as fun as, as game. No, no, no. You know, I didn't realize, because obviously I, I was covering a game, I didn't know that TCU was up that much late, which has me questioning this a little bit. But, I mean, it's a Sweet 16... We know how tough the Big 12 is. That was a road game. I'm going to go with TCU. Here's a little stat. This is a this is from me, but this is a clones jar. This is a Jake Brown type stat. TCU seven and six in conference. So six losses, not ideal. Four of those losses, Jake, eight combined points. So like the this team, we knew they were talented, relatively deep. They're old, especially at guard. And I mean, these games are tight and these are the games you'd like to see finished with victories if you're TCU, but we know what playing in this conference can help lend itself to in terms of March success. So that is why I would go with TCU here. Obviously, we're going to have to do this again once the bracket's out. My easy answer, my cop out for this question, whatever eight or nine seed from the Big 12 is matched up against Purdue. That's how I'm taking because <laughs> they'll just have to beat a 16 seed to get there. But uh, right now, man, I think it's BYU. Okay. I know that's the safe. It's the safe bet. You're probably getting plus 150 odds on that once the tournament rolls around. But what they did last night to Baylor looked a lot like what they did to Iowa State and what they almost did to Houston at home. They're just shot makers. And I'd be interested to see what they're like on a neutral court, but there is a regional out in Salt Lake City. 
So let's say they're a five seed there. Get a little home cooking. All they got to do, take care of business against a 12, take down a four. I'll take BYU, even though I know that's not the short answer. Because right now, Joe Lenardi has nine Big 12 teams in. Three of them he has on the 8-9 line. Baylor, OU, and Texas. And I don't trust OU or Texas enough to make a Sweet 16. And then Tech, I don't know, man. You meant you meant Texas Tech, right? You said... No, he Texas on the... On the nine. No, no, no. I know, but you said Baylor. Baylor on the eight nine line. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant okay. TCU. TCU. Okay. okay. Tech. Sorry. Baylor's a two or three. No, no, no. You're good. I was just like confused. Dude, did I miss something? <laughs> and then Tech, he's got as a six. So it'll be an upset if any of those top yeah. four seeds don't top four from the Big Twelve don't make the Sweet Sixteen. It's pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but which is crazy in itself. We're getting, we're getting really close. I can't wait. <laughs> My man here can't hide his excitement. It's I, awesome. I seriously can't. Let's close with this for just a couple minutes. West Virginia comes to Ames on Saturday, a team that has been disappointing, to say the least. Yes. Not only that, they've been horrendous on the road. <laughs> Last night, though, they beat Central Florida at home by 10. That's a solid win. A little bit of Ken Palm cliff notes for you. They rank last in the Big 12 in conference only defense, 12th in offense towards the bottom. Their style of play, fast tempo, fastest in the Big 12, good three-point shooting, above average, but they turn the ball over a lot. What do you see on paper out of the Mountaineers? Sadly for them, they're getting Iowa State after a rare loss. Yeah. It's going to be a motivated team. Yeah. I like some of the talent there, but I I don't think – what time is this game, by the way, Jake? One. That's what I thought. I don't think it's very far-fetched to say, you know, talent-wise, they have actually been really disappointing. I I don't really blame anybody, obviously, with kind of the unexpected situation going into the season. Uh, but yeah, you would have thought they'd be better. I would say this. Here's what I see. I see Iowa State rolling, but this is a game that you can't just sleepwalk into. And no. Iowa State doesn't really do that, which is obviously credit to the players and the staff. But like West Virginia does have some legitimate dudes, scores. You mentioned they play fast and they can shoot. So I would say whatever the spread is for Iowa State, uh, just a guess. 15. Minus 13 and a half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're pretty close. Um, I'd probably hit it if I were to make a play. Uh, but yeah, you know, kind of that earlier side start. The big game was earlier this week. West Virginia is not that sex appeal type team this season. Uh, not that their game style ever is. But yeah, so I, I think that's kind of what I foresee. But it can't be a slow start for Iowa State. And I think generally... They've gotten much better at that over the course of the last month and a half. Yeah, if you're if you're welcoming in a bad team to Hilton, a bad Big 12 team, you're talking Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Style of play, I'd rather have the West Virginia type team come in. Yep. Because you should still be able to put up points. Your defense, 
even if they have a B game, should still hold them below 70-65. And that's that's why I would just blindly take the points for Iowa State in the over on DRF, and you're probably going to get yourself a little like plus 190, 200 parlay. Nice little payout over there at DRF Iowa Sportsbook. That's what I would do. I don't have really much else to say on West Virginia. Um, they've had a couple nice home wins, but they have just gotten blasted every time they leave Morgantown. And I would I would expect that to happen again on Saturday. And then we will likely get the chance to preview Iowa State's next, next game. That'll be a home matchup against the Sooners, but not until next Wednesday. Yep. So, yeah, we'll only have one game to, to talk about before or after after this week for next week's show. We're getting into it, man. March is coming up. We're going to be in the middle of girls state basketball next week over here in Iowa. Then it's boys state basketball and then it's big 12 tournament for the men. It's it's that busy time, but it's, it's coming up most fun as we know. It's the best. Aiden. You got anything you'd like to add? Great show. <laughs> I actually have a, a quick question for you. Oh, didn't want to speak over Wyatt there. Go ahead. Jake or Aiden, if you'd like to, but definitely Jake as we did the, the breakdown. Who wins Saturday in Waco? Ooh. Houston. The viewers. <laughs> this guy, me, come on. Give me the Bears. No, the, okay. Anyone watching the game is the loser since it's at Baylor. That's oh yeah, oh, you're right. Wow. That's even a better mark. I take your ibuprofen so your neck doesn't hurt. I'm gonna go, although hopefully CBS can figure out a, a way to do it a little better. But I've got the Cougs. All right. I'm going on an island. Give me the Bears. Sick them. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. On firmly entrenched on Iowa everywhere. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Heartland Flags and Gifts, Channel Seed, Steeple Ridge Bourbon, and DRF Sportsbook. We'll be back same time next week. Iowa everywhere. Thank you.